Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Around the Corner podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Hemminger, joined today, as always, by Matt Schlichting, talking all things Cleveland Guardians prospects. Matt, how you doing tonight? I'm feeling pretty good. There's a decent amount of minor league baseball that we get to talk about here. Got some leagues wrapping up and still a little bit left in some others, but I'm excited to go over the top prospects in the system and some of the best performers from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, you know, we're getting closer to the minor league playoffs. We'll see, you know, if any teams qualify. And um, there's always those late season promotions to get excited about. Too. And that includes September call-ups. It's always an exciting time of year. Uh, the Yankees already called up. One of their big prospects, Jason Dominguez. I don't know if you saw this. I did not, but the second you said the Yankees and called up, and I went up, they they called up Dominguez. (laughs) They did it. (laughs) So, all right. Well, there are a few guys that could be in line for a call up that we'll be talking about here at our top 10 prospects countdown. So let's just get right into it. Um, As always, we will discuss the top 10 Cleveland Guardians prospects as voted on by the covering the corner readers and then filled in by us as players graduate. So first things first, Daniel Espino, not much to say. Still, still hurt, still rehabbing. We'll be back next year. Fingers crossed. I realized this week that we've been saying, you know, get better, do whatever you do, whatever it takes, just feel good, etc. My advice this time is go to the beach. <laughs> Take it easy for a little bit. You're still young. There's time. <laughs> Fall in love. Yeah. Have a fling. Get really good at some video game for no reason. Like There's time. There we go. Perfect. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, next thing up, um, this one's a little bit more exciting. George Valera. How's, how's our boy George Valera been doing recently? He knocked the snot out of the ball, in my opinion, during the last two weeks. All right. In 10 games, he slashed 297, 350, 622. That was a WRC plus in the International League of 132. Fairly normal BABIP around 318. So just good, consistent contact. Not lucky or unlucky either way, necessarily. In those 10 games, he had 40 plate appearances, notched 11 hits. Four of those were home runs. Very nice time. Eight RBIs, three walks, 11 strikeouts. It's just, that's George Valera right there. Awesome. Sounds like he uh, hit another home run today that we're not even counting. So he's he's scorching hot. The Guardians do like to call players up from AAA when they are hot. Just saying. It being September, you know, expanded rosters. He's on the 40-man. We could always use another outfielder, especially this little tryout phase we're doing and Apparently, Cleveland's making a run for it. So, you know, I think he could actually help the team right now. But Cole Calhoun's so hot. (laughs) Well, he can DH. True. There is still room for that. We traded away Josh Bell. We don't really have another first base slash DH. So, And Naylor will be back soon. So, Calhoun can DH. Valera, throw him in center field or right field. 
it would be fun to see him at the major league level. It really would. And it seems like he's finally recovering a little bit. I mean, he did have that off-season hamate surgery, which saps your power, and then he never really got rolling because as soon as he came back, he got a hamstring injury, and then he got suspended. It's just been a really frustrating, strange season, but it's nice to see him get hot here late. Yeah, I'm almost on the side of wanting him to stay at AAA for mm-hmm. the rest of the year just so he doesn't have this hot streak broken up by anything other than normal performance. Yeah, because, I mean, when I, when he gets called up, I want him to be playing. Like, I don't want him to, like, only face righties or, you know, get platooned or whatever. Like, he, he when he comes up, he needs to be an everydayer. It's just, I agree with you for sure. It's just a little weird. It feels like every time someone at AAA goes on a tear, there's an opportunity for them to potentially get called up because there's not a ton of positions on the roster right now where people are necessarily... You can think about replacing some guys mm-hmm. is all. Yeah, yeah. realistically, it's it's the outfield. It's, um, you know, we're still not cemented on the other middle infielder. And that's about it. So, and, I mean, obviously people are going to be duking it out in the rotation. But, um, yeah, the, the spots are limited. And, but Valera is a position that, you know, we are looking to improve with. So my one thought is that he's not even the guy who's been hitting the hottest on his team, but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, (laughs) What can you tell us about a guy who split some time between triple a and the majors, Brian Rocchio? Yeah. uh, Rocchio was uh, playing at Cleveland and then they sent him back down to triple a which is totally understandable when you're striking out 73% of the time. <laughs> that is just so uncharacteristic. I mean, throughout his career, I think he pretty much never struck out more than 20% in the minors. And then this year he dropped that even more because he kind of sold out a little bit for contact and gave up some of his power um, to do that. And so he was like, you know, 10 to 12% strikeout rate. And then to go up and strike out every at bat, I just think something happened where he just got really frustrated and just started swinging at everything and it got to him. Yeah. And he just needed, needed a reset button and go back down to triple a. Yeah. Looking at his major league line, something you're exactly right. He needed to go back down and just reset. It's weird to me. That, strikeout rate makes me think he was just in his head completely Mm -hmm. and whether it ended up being completely hacking away or feeling lost or that'll happen yep something something every hitter experiences at some point for a stretch of games like that i imagine but and he did get immediately better when he went back down went from 73 percent strikeout rate to 9.1 percent strikeout rate so i'll take that and hit a home run, so doing doing the best of both, get making contact and hitting for a little power, and getting that strikeout rate back to normal. So, what I'm excited about to hear about is our next contestant, Kyle Manzardo, who is back and actually playing. He didn't have a full slate of opportunities. It looks like the Clippers have been working him into the lineup 
a little a little bit here and there as he gets back to playing. In seven games, he slashed 174, 259, 217. That's a WRC plus is 25. There is news in that his Babbitt was only 222. So looks a little bit unlucky there. And maybe if he wasn't unlucky, the numbers look a little better overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too upset by this for a guy who's missed time this year. Yeah, just changed organizations. Yeah, he's still been out for of the time. Yep, exactly. He's been out for like two and a half months with that shoulder thing. He's got stuff dealing with his personal life and he got traded. And this was his debut with Cleveland. So you might even be pressing. So not concerned in the slightest. Like this is still a guy that as long as um, he gets stays healthy in the offseason, puts in the work like he is going to be, I think, starting the 2024 or 2024 season with Cleveland. Ooh. Uh, my only thought for him for the rest of the year is go have fun playing baseball again. Don't worry about it. This, these games don't matter. <laughs> it's kind of a weird situation for him, but seriously, like just yeah, just just get your reps in. Like as long as you don't punch an ump, have a good time. Exactly, George. <laughs> I I panicked when I saw the post. Like he, George Valera punched an umpire. Like there's no, there's no yeah, way. He did. He did not. He he did his fingers touched the guy and he kind of pushed him out of the way a little bit to get to the catcher, but these sensations still don't, you still don't want to do that. Yeah. You still don't want to do that. Anyway, <laughs> you get to introduce the next hitter on our list on Martinez. And I got to see him play nice back on Friday, which was a very good game. He launched a no doubt home run into left center field that was just a joy to witness. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Angel Martinez um, was scorching hot over the past two weeks. Batted up 366 with 381 on base, 634 slugging, good for a 156 WRC+. plus. Um, he played 10 games, uh, walked just 2.4% of the time, but... Only yeah. struck out six times in those games and uh, had nine singles, three doubles, a triple, two dongs, nine runs batted in. Just a really solid stretch. I mean, the only thing that was negative about it was even though he was playing well, he got sent back to double A. <laughs> I don't That's know if you knew that. Yeah, he was at triple A and playing well, but when they sent Rokio down, they had Rokio and Tana and Schneeman and probably somebody else up there. So they needed to send him back to double A just to make sure he got to play every day. I get it, but man, he was hitting the ball so well. His contact, all all of the times that he made contact while I was there, it was loud. Mm-hmm. He, he can square it up and drive it. And it was a pleasure to see. Yep. No, I'm with you. It's, uh, you know, he's playing a lot better now. It seems like he's settling in. He looked like he was doing well at AAA. So, you know, I'm excited for him. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can keep continue to do um, in terms of, yeah, let me see who else do we have at. Yeah, and they got Raynell Delgado up there at uh, AAA as well, who is also a middle infielder and corner infielder. So, yeah, a lot of guys that are able to, play those positions so if he wanted to play every day it just made more sense anyway moving on um 
Tell us about Chase DeLouder. He slashed 366, 422, 634, a 193 WRC+. Plus. Struck out 11% of the time and walked 9% of the time. In his 45 plate appearances, he had five doubles and two home runs, driving in nine, walking four times. He only struck out five times. One black mark. No stolen bases and was caught once. Otherwise, dang. Our top 10, no stolen bases all week and one caught stealing. (laughs) But yeah, Chase, I think we've said this already. He has nothing left to prove at high A. I mean, there's literally guys that got drafted this year that are hitters that were really like first round draft picks in the 2022 draft that are at double A. Like, I don't know why they haven't promoted him to double A. You know, they already moved Jonathan Rodriguez from double A AA to triple A and he's playing well. Like, so there's a vacancy there. Like there's like, I'm, I'm let me look at the Akron roster and see who is right now preventing Chase Tillouder from getting reps at double A. It, it makes no sense. Let's see. Outfield. Okay. PD Halpin. Excellent. And then that's it. You know, Corey Holland, Cesar Adrogo, Connor Cox. You know, yes, they're they're good players, but none of them are, you know, top 30 guys. I don't even know if they're top 50 guys. Petey's the only one. Uh, Plainez is good, but he's hurt. He's been hurt all season pretty much. Um, so, yeah, there's there's no reason that Chase DeLauder shouldn't be at yeah. double A. 366, 422, 634 is video game territory. Yeah, and, are... he, and he's been doing it the entire time he's been at single at high A. So, I mean, maybe they just want him to finish the season really strong and not get promoted and then, you know, have a bad two-week stretch and that's how he closes out his season. I, I kind of get that. But, I mean, you get him to double A now, he might be able to help you at major league level next year. I mean, maybe they still think he can without a late-season promotion. But, I bet he's having a good time. Oh, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> having a good time. I mean, maybe Lake County's got a better chance of making the playoffs than Akron, so they're just like, let's just keep him there. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not a general manager. I don't know what's going through their brains, but Chase Delatter absolutely has nothing left to prove at high A. Absolutely nothing. Like, he is not getting challenged right now. So one thing I want to point out with the stats here, as we noted, Martinez played all these games at AAA, uh, or most of them at AAA. I think it was. Anyway, DeLauder played his games at high A. Martinez had a 366, 381, 634 slash. DeLauder had a 366, 422, 634 slash. Uh, that's kind of neat. But then the WRC plus at AAA was 156 for Martinez. And then the WRC plus at high A was 193 for mm-hmm. DeLauder. Just interesting to see, compare, and think about. I don't know. Yeah, I think at AAA, offensive numbers are a little more inflated. So that plays into it because it's it's how good you are compared to everybody else is how right. WRC is. So at high A, it's a little bit more of a struggle. There's more, you know, college pitchers um, that are working their way up. And at AAA, it's a lot of, you know, hitters that are MLB guys or we're trying to work their way back, maybe rehab assignments, maybe top prospects knocking on the door, ready to roll, just waiting for their moment. Um, and yeah, offensive numbers are inflated across 
all spectrums of AAA. I mean, it's it's worse in the the Pacific League, <laughs> the East, the International League is the one that the, the Clippers are in. But like, so you always sometimes take some of the offensive numbers at AAA with a grain of salt. So when Chase is putting up these numbers at high A, that is still really good. Absolutely. One of the things I like to think about is like what are the various difficulty levels almost of the leagues. Like just as a, a thumb rule, if you're this age, like about what is what kind of slash line would a 120 WRC plus be? Mm-hmm. And so if this guy at the same age got promoted one level, like what would that translate to? How much more difficult is it that you'd expect to see an immediate decrease in his output? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just fun numbers to look at and think about. Isn't baseball great? Baseball is great. Agreed. What can you let us know about Joey Cantillo? All right. Uh, Joey Cantillo, not as impressive as he was last week. Um, This time he had two starts, did pitch 10 innings, uh, struck out 11 in those 10 innings, which is excellent, but walked five, gave up seven runs, um, had a whip of 1.6, 11 hits allowed. So ERA was 6.3, not so great. So just didn't quite have that same uh, level of... Uh, keeping the ball in the park, did give up two home runs. And, you know, while he did have good strikeout numbers, uh, you know, five walks and 10 innings, you know, that's just something that he's going to have to work on because I think in terms of velocity and stuff and everything else, he's there, he's ready to contribute at the major league level, but uh, command, you know, if he's walking five guys, you know, that actually it's, yeah, five guys basically per nine innings, um, at AAA, it's going to go up at, in Cleveland. So uh, if he can get that down a little bit, he'll be ready to roll. You can't walk five guys per nine? Nope. It's and not allowed. Yeah, actually it's uh, 4.5, so a l- half, a, half a guy less. Rounded up, it's five then. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about our boy uh, Juan Brito. I'd be delighted to. Brito played 12 games, and he slashed 214, 353, 452. That was a WRC plus of 122. That's a nice line and all, but he did it even though he was kind of unlucky on balls in play. It was only 219. Mm -hmm. As far as those balls in play, he had four doubles, two of which, not two of which, he had four doubles and also two home runs. Be something else if the doubles were also home runs. A very efficient way to score, I imagine. Yeah, I think that's what impressed me the most was he had nine hits. Only three of them were singles. <laughs> Just mashing it when yeah. he had the opportunities. Absolutely crushing the ball and walking at a high rate. Seven walks. Yeah. And he got hit by two pitches. So Lean into one. Lean on into base, two. On base machine. Good slugging. Like this guy is clearly one of the top prospects in the system. So. You know, it sucks that we don't have Nolan Jones. Nolan Jones would absolutely be helping us right now and solving some of our issues in the outfield. But Juan Brito looks like he's the real deal, too. The guys we got for Will Benson have not been playing well. (laughs) We got two uh, second-round picks from the Reds, and neither of them have done anything, really. So It's a little frustrating. Yeah, I think one of them walked nine guys in a game. Meanwhile, Nolan Jones is frolicking around with an OPS of 856. Mm Mm-hmm. We always liked him. I'm just going to say that. Yep. I hadn't given up. Far had, from it. You know, he just didn't get a big enough opportunity in Cleveland. 
next up on the list is Weldon Francisca. Now, have the lowest levels of the miners already finished? Yes. Okay, so that's why he played one game. He played one game, went 0 for 4 with an RBI. He did get, you know, maybe an RBI ground out or something. Some kind of sacrifice hit, maybe. And that's it. <laughs> so I'm not going to judge him on one game that he went 0 for 4 and did not strike out. So he put the ball in play four times, including an RBI out. Um, and then somehow they gave him a negative 100 WRC plus, like he's the worst player in the history of the world. Yeah, numbers come out funny. <laughs> come on. I had fun typing all the zeros. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, nothing really to, to take from that. I mean, I, I was hoping that he could have finished the season getting a promotion to Arizona, but looks like they're being overly patient with him. Moving on, Ralphie Velasquez. He finished up the season with three games, and he slashed 333, 400, 667. I like that. Very nice. Two doubles, had a home run, four RBIs, one walk, four strikeouts. Good, solid baseball. Yep. Really doesn't strike out much. Only 6% in that little stretch of base. Ball. No, I like that a lot. Like, I he, like the he looks like he's going to be really good. So I, I know he's young. The fact that he put up these numbers fresh out of high school uh, is what impressed me the most. You know, because you just don't know how they're going to adapt going from high school to pro ball. I mean, that's a completely different level. Like, it's not even close. And he didn't really skip a beat. He's showing power. He's showing patience. Really, really liked what I saw. Yeah, I still don't know a ton about him. Not much of an opportunity to see baseball from him yet. But like you said, getting his first opportunity like this and pretty much making the most of it is excellent. Well, that'll do it for our top 10. So now it's time for our top five. So top five players of the week. Looks like we had quite a few who just missed the top five. Um, and then our top five itself is pretty impressive. This was a fun week. I had a good time putting together this list. Uh, number one, already spoken of, was Chase DeLauder. Just you have to put him on the list. You have to put him on the list. Yeah, You have I, to say his name I, first. 93 WRC plus. That is, he's basically two people. <laughs> Well-deserved. Mm -hmm. What I'm interested in is this number two. Yeah. Long-time listeners may recall a fellow by the name of Luis Oviedo. If I recall correctly, his journey is that he was taken in the Rule 5 draft in yep. 2021, but then was returned to the Guardians because he did not stay on the Major League roster for the full, for the full season. Actually, I think he was taken stayed on the whole season, and then got DFA'd the next year, and we just picked him back up. Oh, well, he's doing a pretty good job in the last two weeks, at least. Mm -hmm. He came into a few games and pitched five and two-thirds innings, striking out 31% of batters faced, only walking 5%. Didn't give up any runs in those five and two-thirds innings. His whip was a ridiculously low .35, just one hit and one walk. Yeah, no, good for him. I mean, this is a guy that's got good stuff. I mean, he was a top 10 prospect at one point in Cleveland's system as a starting pitcher, and it seems like they've kind of converted him to the bullpen a little bit as semi-long relief. And, you know, he's pitched at the major league level. Um, he was not ready at the time, and he looks like, you know, as he continues to work with our development staff, that he might be ready soon to for, for the real deal like and stay. So... 
yeah, I, I've been liking what I'm seeing. He's had some pretty good stretches this year. It's weird that a team would have him stay up for the whole season and then just decide, you know what? Eh. Yeah, part of it was he got called up, and I don't know if he had ever even been to double A yet. And they kept him on, I think the Pittsburgh kept him on their roster the whole season. But then they just had like a spring string of elite prospects all getting called up, and they just didn't have room for him, um, and they decided to DFA him. What an interesting player to watch in terms of development from here on out. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be pretty rare for someone that low in the minors to suddenly spend a year at the major league level and then come back to the minors in the organization he started with. Yeah, and and, huh. and when we brought him back, at first he was at AA, and then he got promoted to AAA this season, and he's been doing pretty good. And I'm, I'm, let me check and see what his season line is. Oh, he's got 45 strikeouts and 40... Nine innings, which is good. Walks have been an issue. 30 walks. So I think that's really what's been holding him back is a little bit of wildness. But it's yeah. been nice to see him rein it in yeah. recently. It looks like his ERA has been zero in every appearance since in August and the last appearance of uh, July. So he went a full month without giving up a run. And his ERA is still 5.8 on the season, so he, he had a lot to make up for, apparently. It's just nice to see him finish strong. Yeah, really nice. And it looks like uh, he, he pitches between one and two innings every appearance. Yeah, no, no, good for him. I, I'm excited. I want to see him continue to improve and take this and run with it, because, yeah, he's still 24 years old. Like, it's not like, like he got taken from us at, like, 21. He was one of those that was Rule 5 eligible that had been in the system since he was like 17 or maybe even 16. And even though, and and they'd only been calling him up like one level at a time, then he had some injuries right when he gained that elite prospect status. And he just kind of went to the back burner a little bit while he was recovering and somebody took him, took a shot on him. Pittsburgh at the time was so bad. Like there was room on the roster for a couple of people from anywhere, realistically. Mm-hmm. just to try to stash him for a year. And like yeah. the rule five draft is just kind of fascinating. And I don't know if I like it ultimately or not. I feel like you can't let teams stash players. So there needs to be some system by which I mean, there is eligible, but it stinks to see it get used to take a shot on a guy who's in high a just to steal him. Like you still have to have him on your roster healthy for a set amount of time. So like if you take a guy that's like injured, and he's just on the injured list the entire season, um, you still have to play him next year at some point. Like, you can't just send him to the minors the next year at the beginning. You have to, he has to earn some service time on your 25 man or 26 man roster. So, like, that's like how the, the rules work. But basically, yeah, he just stayed at the end of the bench when he was healthy. And for the most part, he was not. <laughs> and they just had him on the injured list. Rule 5 is a weird one. Yeah, but hey, you know, Cleveland got a Rule 5 guy in Trevor Steffen, and he's turned out pretty darn good. So. Yes, he has. I, I think you'll be excited. It goes, it goes both ways. I'm sure Yankees fans are complaining about those darn Cleveland taking Trevor Steffen, and he didn't have a great year the year we took him. Like, he was end of the bullpen, back end of the bullpen, came into junk time, didn't have a very good season overall. I think his area was like 4 or 5 or something. And, but then the next year, he became amazing and got an extension. 
I think you'll be excited to read in the next man on the list. Former Corner Cupboard member. Yeah, graduated Corner Cupboard member Will Dion, who is pitching at the double-A level this year as one of the better Cleveland pitching prospects in the system and most successful. Uh, He had two and a half games started, apparently. I put in a half because it was two starts in one piggyback. Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I don't normally see this. Um, And then, uh, so in those two and a half games started, he had zero innings pitched. Oh, that's interesting. I'll look that one up here real quick too. (laughs) But he had 16 strikeouts compared to just three walks, allowed two earned runs. Uh, Whip was 1.15, ERA 1.38. Just really strong performances overall. So great to see 13 innings pitched in those two and a half starts. So, yes. Yeah. Really, really like what I'm seeing on the Will Dion. Like, he was great last year, and it looks like he's following it up with a strong season this year, split between high A and double A. I don't have much to add. I'm excited to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about our next gentleman uh, who had three piggyback starts, apparently. Yeah, Reed Johnston did not make any actual starts during the last two weeks, but he had three appearances, two of three innings, and one of four innings, if I remember correctly and can still math. Yes, that's right. Anyway, in 10 total innings pitched, he only allowed five hits, two runs, none of which were earned. Not his fault at all. Did allow three walks during that time, but struck out 14 in those 10 innings. Just some very excellent baseball from a guy who currently just pitching in a piggybacking role. Had an awesome two-week stretch and thought he deserved a little shout-out with his 35% strikeout rate. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that I've paid attention to. He was a college pitcher taken in the 19th round of the 2021 draft. And that was when right when they dropped it to 20 rounds. So, like, literally one of the last guys taken in the draft. And he had a good season last year, spent the whole year at Lynchburg, had a 394 ERA, struck out a 122 in 112 innings. So, you know, excellent. Um, And then this year, he's kind of had a either start or piggyback role um, pretty much all season, dropped his ERA to 3.9. So it's almost the exact same and still striking out 97 in 87 innings. He's, He's been doing well. Um, his walk walks did go up this year because last year, what was really impressive was he had 122 strikeouts and just 24 walks. Uh, this year he's got almost a hundred strikeouts and 46 walks. So, you know, guys are definitely getting a little bit more patient against him, but, uh, he's giving up fewer hits last year. He was in the zone more had 102 hits allowed this year. He's at 69 for episode 69. So nice. There you go. Yeah. Nice tie in. So, yeah, no, I like Reed Johnston. Um, I'm assuming he'll make it up to double-A next year after, you know, having a good season at Lynchburg and then Lake County. Let's see what he can do. 6'3", 218, lefty. So. I actually, actually, no, actually, he bats left-handed throws. Right oh. So, my apologies. I, cut. I saw the L and I just assumed left-handed pitching, but nope. And he's from North Carolina State. Number five on our list, Angel Martinez. Yep. There's not really an order to the top five other than this week, Chase allowed being a clear number one. Sorry, yeah. guys. But 
Yeah, I'm slotting him in there just for fun. No, I like it. Aaron Bracco almost made the countdown again. He had a 141 WRC+. plus. Uh, Connor Cox mentioned briefly already as well, 133 in the last couple of weeks. And then some lesser-known arms in the lower levels. Miguel Vinicio and Alonzo Richardson both had very nice pitching lines, if you want to go check those guys out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll give a mini shout-out as well to Jose Tena, who was sent down. He, he made his Cleveland debut um, when we had all those injuries temporarily with uh, Freeman and all those guys and um, got sent back down to Columbus. And listen to this slash. 347, 396, 653. Good for a 1,049 OPS. That's solid. Heading back. And that was at AAA. Apparently he had another home run today with Valera. Yeah, three and then three home runs in that stretch and had a three um one fifty five WRC plus at triple A. So which again inflated numbers, so that's tougher to uh stand out at triple A a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good for Jose Tena. Like he's really cementing himself as a guy to pay attention to after a very slow start to the season. It just adds even more to the number of middle infielding prospects, but this is apparently just how they're going to develop the system. And they're never going to trade any of them. I'm delighted by what Tana has been able to do here in the second half. Because it just seems like whenever somebody else takes a step back, you know, we've got another guy taking a step forward. So like, there's just always another one. (laughs) That's, it's kind of how it works. Well, let's move on to our corner cupboard dudes that we pick a pitcher and a hitter that is not in the top 20 prospect rankings and we feel deserve some special attention. Uh, I guess I'll get things started. My boy, Joe Lampy had a really nice little stretch there, uh, slashed, uh, bounced back in a strong way with a 342, 372, 395 slash good for a 115 WRC plus, uh, BAPIP 406 in 10 games. He had 11 singles, two doubles, Stole four bases, uh, scored four runs, knocked in five. So, yeah, not bad at all. Excellent baseball, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Tell me about uh, your hitting guru. Daniel Schneeman had a bad time. He slashed 122, 163, 244, which was a negative 12 WRC+. This was over a 10-game stretch. There is some silver lining here because his BABIP was 133. Definitely some bad luck can be assumed when the number's that low. We can say that out of his five hits, two were doubles and one was a home run. He also got caught stealing with no stolen bases. That'll happen. Sometimes baseball's cruel. All right. Well, moving on, we've got my pitching prospect, Parker Messick. In three games started, he went uh, 14 and two-thirds innings and struck out 17, walking seven, allowing six earned runs on 11 hits. Did not give up any home runs. ERA was 3.68, had a nice uh, 1.57 FIP. Yeah, just rock solid. Really, really liked what I saw out of uh, Mr. Messick again after last week when he was one of the best pitchers in the in, or, or last podcast. He had 
a stretch where he was one of the best in the system. It's all month now that he's been excellent. Yep. And that's great. Like, he's picking the right time. And uh, I do have a mini update. Uh, Messick was the second pitcher we drafted in the 2022 draft. Our first pitcher drafted was uh, Justin Campbell. But he had uh, surgery to repair a nerve issue in his elbow. And he is pitching off of a mound right now. Ooh. So he should be back and ready to roll next season. So I, I did see uh, some video of him throwing. Very exciting news for Mr. Campbell. Yep. Figured I'd share. Thank you. Uh, moving along to the pitcher in my cupboard, Jack Leftwich. He had two games started, also appeared in a piggyback appearance, if I'm remembering correctly, but he pitched 11 innings and one third. Had an ERA of 3.97. Uh, FIP liked him a little more, 2.56. WHIP was 1.14. Just a very good stretch of baseball for Leftwich as he continues to come back from injury and ramps up the year. Just good news all around. It's good to see uh, Leftwich finishing the season on a strong note on uh, a year that he hasn't probably pitched the way that he wanted to. Moving on, let's check out our transactions, and there have been quite a few throughout the system. Hit me with them. Yeah, so we'll start with a few notable ones. Give me the business. Catcher Manuel Mejias, an 18-year-old that started the year at Lynchburg. He was on the 60-day injured list and uh, began a rehab assignment and got activated in Lynchburg. So, hmm. always good news. Uh, Kyle Manzardo, as we talked about, did a rehab assignment in Arizona and was activated. So, more good news. Guy Lipscomb, who was a draft pick in the 2022 draft as an outfielder, was activated by Lynchburg on their injured list. We had several players released from the DSL, Guardians, Blue and Red, but I don't think any were notable prospects or anybody so too crazy. Uh, but they did have to make some room in the system. Jason Churio, season ended at Arizona, so they promoted him to the Lynchburg Hillcats. So, yes. Um, Amir Garrett, the reliever who had been pitching in Columbus and trying to work his way up to Cleveland, was released. Uh, Zach Collins got sent up to Cleveland temporarily and then DFA'd, so that was quick. David Fry began a rehab assignment. Josh Naylor began a rehab assignment. Michael Kelly began a rehab assignment. This one was interesting. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, you know, former top international signing. Yes. Was in Akron, not having a great season. He had a really good season last year at high A. Uh, got sent to the developmental list to work in Arizona from Air from Akron. That usually means that they identified something that he needs to work on and he's healthy. They, they kind of call that a healthy scratch in, in NBA. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, he was a guy that was in the running to be a top 30 prospect again this season after being a top 10 prospect in the past after a strong last year. But, yeah, struggled this year and was sent to the developmental list. So we'll see what happens with him. But yeah, this year in 235 at-bats, he slashed 191, but did have a 309 on base percentage. Walking was fine, but just really struggled with his contact. I wonder if it's a big swing change, because if it's something that they thought that they, he could accomplish while still playing, mm -hmm. they obviously wouldn't put him on the list. So I don't want to speculate on, quote-unquote, yeah. what's wrong with him, because mm -hmm. it, it just obviously they want to work on something specific. And good on him for agreeing to go do it. Exactly. Like you can be, especially given uh, you know having a high prospect pedigree, 
you could refuse that kind of thing. And he, it wasn't horrible. Like last year, he had a 112 WRC. This year, he was 72. The biggest issue for him was his strikeout rate went from 19.9% last year to 29.7% this year. Jumped quite a bit in that jump from A plus to double A. Walk rate went up, but not nearly as much as the strikeout rate. Yep, that'll be just something to keep an eye out for on uh, next year. You'll probably repeat at double A, I would assume, because he's still just 21 years old, too. Don't forget that. I've fallen down a rabbit hole on different reasons players can get added to the development or the, yeah, the development list. Yeah. Typically it's, kind of they, identi- they identify something that they need to work on and then they just send them to Arizona to work in the, the complex and just refine it and figure it out. That'll do it for our injuries and transactions. But uh, we do typically have one last thing that we like to close out each episode with uh, Matt. Yeah. I have a poem described by baseball's poet laureate E.E. E. Gammings. A very ethereal being these days, and that it only exists on a random web page that you have to refresh in order to get results. I'm prepared to read if that's acceptable to you, Brian. Uh, do tell, yes. <clears throat> Line 280. Cole Sands, the Republic of Justice, is panicking. Emilio Pagan sees patiences on the mound, stopping in the NL East. Matt Schlichting here, stopping by at the end of the episode to say thank you. Brian and I are still having a lot of fun hosting Around the Corner to talk all things Cleveland Guardians prospects and minor leaguers. If you're enjoying it as well, please feel free to rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever your favorite podcasts are served up. We'll talk to you here soon. Coming close to the offseason, so just wanted to take a moment to say thanks, and if you're having a good time, spread the word. But at this time... End of podcast.